When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Acclaimed author Michael Calvin dedicates a chapter of his excellent book, Living on the Volcano, to the methods and approach of Gary Monk. If you haven't read the book, you really should, it's excellent. But after Monk was appointed as borough boss, the chapter focusing on him makes for particularly insightful and interesting reading. Calvin spent time with Monk when he was in charge at Swansea, learning more about his coaching methods, his innovative ideas around the training ground and how he approaches his half-time team talks. And for a tribe supper special, I caught up with Michael to ask him what he makes of Monk's borough appointment, to find out more about the new borough boss, what the squad can expect of him, and what exactly Monk means when he talks about the importance of his players being thinkers. Um, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good yeah. guy. Yeah. I was going to say, so, so obviously the time you spent your time you spent with Gary, what, what was it, if there was anything in particular, that, that particularly struck you about him as, as, as you'd left and, and after you'd spent that time with him? I suppose really the... Uh, he was in the, in the relatively early stages of his managerial career, but there was a maturity about him, mm. um, which... I suppose you've got to trace back to his experiences as a player. You know, I'm sure you've seen players over your time where they they exude a certain sense of authority, and they tend to be rallying points within the dressing room. Um, you know, I remember doing. I was embedded in Millwall for a book called Family, and you know, it was complete access in the dressing room all the time on the bench, all that sort of stuff, and. There were a group of senior pros there that I christened the governors, and they set the personal and professional standards for the rest of the group. And I got a real sense that Gary was one of those governors, you know, in his environment, which was you know, obviously Swansea. Mm. Um, I think he's well suited to, to Middlesbrough simply because uh, it. it it is, it's a one, you know, it's a one club town to a degree, yeah. you know, and uh, you, he, he came from that environment at Swansea where, um, you know, another friend of mine, Kenny Jacket, basically started started that whole revival when they were in League Two, and what struck him was that, you know, you walk down the streets and even at that level, everyone was wearing Swansea shirts rather than Man United or Liverpool or whatever it is. Um, so it's a, it, the he, he works, I think, very well, he, and he works off the, the emotions of the club, which is very, very firmly rooted in his community. So if you look at that, Swansea, he did that. He, when he, he got the job, like all these guys get jobs, you know, at a, at a crisis point. Uh, but then you know, he, the, you know, the, the book essentially is you know, the portrait of him standing up in front of the dressing room and saying, they were playing uh, Cardiff in the game on the Saturday, which mm. is obviously the, the huge derby game, and it was right, this is what it means, this is what a game like this means, to, not just to us as professional footballers, but to the people who pay the watchers, and that whole sort of populism across uh, really well. Um, so he, he has, I think, got the right characteristics for, for Middlesbrough.
you know, the thing that struck me is, is kind of, although he was really early on in his managerial career at that point, he, he appeared really meticulous in his methods and he wasn't afraid to, to kind of think outside the box and try something new. Was, was that the case when you're up close and personal? Yeah, very much. Um, and he also had, it was almost, he had a mission to explain as well. He, he, he was very, um, you know, he was very meticulous about showing me what he, what he wanted to do and how he was going to do it. Um, you know, showing me his iPad, showing him certain programs that he, he put in, which he gives to the players. You know, it's all about the, uh, you know, the, the dictation of standards. And, you know, the, 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 the interesting thing is, is that I think he's, he's on a player's wavelength. You know, like, like most players, you know, if it's, you know, football is essentially a game fueled by fear and insecurity. And, you know, he knows that as a player. You know, he had a you know, serious ACL injury, uh, which left him wondering whether he had a career or not. I think that had a big impact on him. Mm. And it's, it's like, you know, I've got this chance and I'm going to make the most of it. So there was a... Um, he's got that sort of knowingness of, of the former player, but he has um, an open mind, so he has a modern attitude uh, towards... Uh, towards the job, you know, he's a good reader of body language, um, and because he's been a, a senior pro, he knows he knows the shortcuts, you know, and he'll you know he will know in training, you know, if, if a guy is taking you know nine steps when he's been told to take ten, you know, that type of you know kind of little mm. corner here and there. Um, so he demands standards of of his players. Um, and it'll be an interesting pre-season for the, for the Middlesbrough group because, uh, you know, he will be watching them really intently and he will be judging them not just on their ability as players but as people as well. And I think that's the sort of epitome of the modern manager who is, who is you know, technologically literate and emotionally intelligent and he allows players you know, freedom within a certain context. He, he wants his players to take responsibility. Well, I'll be quite interested to see how his relationship with um, George Friend uh, goes on because you know, I, I knew George really briefly. He was, he was on loan at Millwall when I was doing that book, and I get the sense you know he's a, he's a you know good man, mm. a, a good guy, and uh, you know my sense is that he would get on well as a sort of lieutenant for. Uh, for Gary, if you know, if, if he stays as captain, um, so he's it's you know he's he's quite intuitive, but he does and he believes in players taking responsibility for their own action, but he gives them the best chance possible to succeed. So um, you know he want thinking footballers, he want people who commit themselves on the training ground, and it's not you know football is no longer a ninety minute business; it's a twenty <coughs> it's a twenty four seven business and. That's where um, I think he will drive the squad probably as hard as he'll drive himself. He's not. He, he's an interesting case. I, I, I was frankly, I was amazed when, when Swansea got rid of him because mm. I thought it was really short-sighted, and um, uh, you know, I just thought that he was a good fit there, and there was just that unusual knee-jerk panic that the football club boards. You know, are notorious for. Um, I thought he, I thought he was, frankly, mad to go into Leeds because it is, you know, it is, you know, it's long been regarded as a bit of a basket 
had the opportunity to stay there. You know, but he was only going to do... I think that's an interesting one, because he was only going to stay there on his own terms, mm. rather than, uh, you know, he's not a grateful traveller. Um, and I, I, so I, can, I can see the sort of... I can see it working for him on a human level at Borough, where I think he, I think he would pick up on, on Steve Gibson's... Um, uh, approach. I think he'll probably empathise with that approach. Local, you know, local boy make good type of stuff. Interestingly, um, it was you know, a line that that uh, uh, Dave Parlowy told me where uh, you know, Steve Gibson um, sees modern football as a science and not an art. And I think that probably then ties into 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 Gary, where he's you know he's very scientific in terms of. You know the analysis, the preparation, the the calculation, and the individual uh, nature of the preparation. So you know, each each player will go onto the pitch with a crystal clear vision of what he has to do and what he was going to be confronted by. You know, his, his, his preparation is brilliant. Um, so from that point of view, you know, I think he can get the extra one two percent out of players. Um, talked about players coming in there and, and the mentality and, and in the chapter and you touched on it there he, he talks about players being thinkers what yeah. obviously there's a responsibility but but what else does he mean by that by, by wanting players who are thinkers I, th- I think it's I think if you look at the modern player you know the the maverick player you know might spark might sort of spark you know six games or six months but he never does six years I think the thinker you know, maximises what he's got, and a thinker would have to, uh, you know, be able to um, be sufficiently well versed in his trade to, you know, think on his feet, learn on his feet. Um, his, his sessions are really interesting, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, the thing about uh, what I like about um, uh, Gary is that there's this sort of self-questioning that goes on. Um, certainly at Swansea, I don't know what he did at Leeds, but certainly at Swansea, you know, he mic'd himself up. Uh, he had the 
he was what he was he was he was watching and listening for little things that you know, frankly, that I'd never even thought about before. So, for instance, he was thinking, you know, he, he mic'd himself up because he wanted to hear how he, um, um, you know, how how his players heard him. You know, what was what was my tone like? Was it was it right? You know, was it conducive to learning or? You know, did I go over the top in your, you know, in authority, in, in, in trying to impose my authority? So, you know, there, there, there are subtleties there. You know, he can't. You know, his players will not be. Um, you know, they will not be regimented, uh, but they will be impeccably organised, and that organisation, a degree of that, always has to come from within. And if they're, if they're a bit dull-minded, um, they won't survive. Simple as that. They need to, you know, be... Uh, you know, Gary at Swansea said, you know, I want them as soon as they come through the gate to switch on. You know, and that's not... They don't want to go into the dressing room and get on their phones or talk about Labo Island last night and all that nonsense. It's right, you've come here to do a job of work. Concentrate and focus in on your job. You know, you can talk about you know, Love Island at six o'clock tonight if you want, but you know, you are here to do your job. I think that's where where the sort of work ethic comes from, and uh, you know, the ability of his players to, uh, to 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 almost respond to what I, you know what 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 struck me about him is is that he actually there's an educational element to what he does. There's an educational feel to the place. Um, it was a, I felt the same thing, funny enough, when I watched uh, Ronald Coleman when he was at Swan, uh, sorry, at um, Southampton, where, you know, you go into most training grounds and, you know, there's you know, that dread, gritty word banter and everyone's sort of, you know, laughing and joking and, you know, jumping about. When, you, when I went in to see Coleman's session and when, when uh, I saw Gary, there was, a, there was a studiousness about it. It was, you know... It wasn't, you know, there wasn't a load of, you know, it wasn't sort of like standard of 12, but it was, right, okay, you're going to do your job. So it's quite quiet and quite, um, quite concentrated. That's what struck me about, uh, about him is that, uh, and also, you know, he gets to know his players. So again, we go back to the old pro bit, which is what he is, an old pro. He will know when, you know, player X is trying to pull the wool over his eyes. He will know, um, but, sorry, but he will have enough emotional intelligence to actually look beyond that and think, well, is there anything going on there? You know, is, mm-hmm. you know, is he had a row with his wife or is his kid ill or, or, you know, whatever it is, you know. Um, so he's interesting. Um, you'll be able to tell me this. I, I don't know what, what the case is. Is, is Pep Plotay going to come? Well, the, at the minute, there's, there's, his backroom team hasn't been confirmed. There's certainly been suggestions that James Beattie's going to follow him in his goalkeeper coach, but Pep Clote is the one who kind of appears up in the air at this point. I was going to, I was right. going to ask you about him and, and kind of how, how important he is. Does, does he rely on him? Does he delegate? What's, what's kind of his role? Well, he's... They're, 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 uh, what, uh, they have a sort of... Tweedledee, Tweedledum type relationship on the um, on the on the uh, uh, in the touchline in the in the, in the technical area where there's not something I, I I actually heard of before, but where Pep would be he would break down he'd be breaking down the games in like five minute segments, so that you know okay right in the last five minutes this is you know this is the pattern of the game this is how it's evolving 
gets on without him. Um, you know, if he doesn't turn up, it doesn't mean uh, that, um, you know, that's necessarily a disadvantage because, you know, people evolve. Mm. Uh, you know, um, relationships evolve. Um, if I was Pep Clote and I had those type of skills and that type of experience, you know, maybe I'd be looking to be a number one somewhere else. You know, you don't know. Um, um, but, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting... He, he, we'll put it like this, he'll be a real asset to the club if he does turn mm. up. Um, uh, but, you know, Gary will be able to tell you much more about um, how we would see that working, um, you know, in, in, in the longer term. You know, I just don't know. It's the answer to that. You talk about, uh, obviously, Gary's kind of uh, training methods and, and, and his methods both kind of in the build-up to games and, and in the analysis of games. As a, as a, as a man-manager, what was, what was your experience of him? From what, well, as I said, the one thing, there is an emotional intelligence about him, which I think uh, is the hallmark of a modern manager. Um, I think uh, the old pro doesn't mind... Uh, you know, cutting people out if if they don't if, if they don't if they, you know if they don't sort of measure up to his standards, you know they're toast. Um, he's he, he's very very meticulous about communication. Uh, you know, as I said earlier on, he's got that. Um, you know, going back listening to the training session just to to make sure his tone of voice was right mm. and you know there was clarity about his communication. You know, he's, he's dropped dropped down into you know make sure that any points you make at half time, maximum I think it was three from from memory. Um, you know, just make sure the points are really clear, very really concise. And you know, I think he's probably got it. But he's one of those managers who knows that there might be a time and place for an, an engine call speech, but it's pretty rare these days. You know, the key is trust your pros. Well, well, find your find the pros who who you feel have got the the intellectual and technical capacity to respond to what you want to do with them. But then give them a degree of, of of personal responsibility and help them by communicating with them very clearly, very concisely. And so don't don't give don't give them the um, you know, the rah, rah, rah speech at any opportunity. You know, just make sure, look, you know, this is the job, this is where we are, this is, this is you know, these are two or three points which will make us better in, you know, in the second half or whatever it would be. So, yeah, that communication, um, I think, is probably one of, one of his, uh, his key assets. It'll be interesting also to, to see whether or not Leeds shaped him in terms of Mature, him maturing in his attitude towards fans. Um, you know, they've got a pretty rabid fan base, and you know, he won them over very quickly. Mm. Um, so, as I said, I think I think fans would probably recognise him for his um, his work ethic, his his openness of personality you know it's interesting he's one of the few managers who actually writes his own tweets as far as I can see Um, uh, and it's interesting he should be on Twitter because most of them quite understandably run a mile (laughs) Um, so yeah so you know 
that communication will be interesting. First, it'll be again. I'm, I'm speaking as an outsider here and as someone who understands how football works. But you know, my my feel of the sort of last season with Karanka was there was a bit of an emotional disconnect between the manager and the club, but also more importantly, the manager and the fans. I don't know, you, you'll be, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that was just my sense when I was looking at it from a distance, was that there was a sort of, um, you know, emotional breakdown there. Um, because fans want someone that they can relate to, and I think they'll be able to relate to, to Gary. He's a decent, you know, he's, he's, he's a decent guy. He's a very hard-working guy. I remember the day I saw him, he, he, looked, he looked knackered. And so I told him so, you know, and it was, you know, because he's... You know, Young young children trying to balance that with with what is a you know a pretty remorseless professional um, uh, commitment. So um, I think I think people will recognise the good in him, um, both in a in a football sense and also in a you know in a basic sort of human level. You know. And and, and just finally on Gary, in terms of his preferred playing style, I mean, obviously there's there's a talk of the Swansea way and whatnot, and, and in the chapter he talks about how he's played both the British way and, and the continental way. The, reading kind of various things from him in, in in the last year, I guess, since he's went to Leeds, you get the impression that he obviously has got a preferred playing style, but equally he's pragmatic and he knows that you've got to find a way that, that gets results. Was was that, the, was that the case back then? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, there's no sort of, um, there's no airs and graces for it, and he's not one of these arts for art sake type guys. Um, you know, if it, if it means you've got to be a more, bit more direct and a, you know, a bit more aggressive, you can play that way, as, as you say. You know, and I suppose it goes back to the old pro again. Mm-hmm. You know, he's played in those different ways, you know, where I, I don't know, like, so for instance, like you know, Ken Jacket, um, they were more direct, 4 4 2 Whereas, obviously, under a Martinez or, uh, or Brendan, um, you know, it was a much more, um, you know, patient, possession-based sort of, sort of game. So he can, he, he's played both ways, and I, and I think he can probably manage both ways. Um, uh, yes. spent a lot of time with, uh, with Dave Parnaby for your most recent book which you touched on earlier and you, and you said you think Gary and David had got on well what 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 is it that makes you what is it that makes you think that
Dave comes from a teaching background and he talked about the simple truths of 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 of, um, of, of you know looking at educating people. You know, be really observant about you know, as he said, you know, if you're a teacher and you're looking at your classroom, you say, Well, you know, he's picking his nose so he's not you know, he's not he's not paying attention to me and well that one's looking out the window and this one's trying to carve his name in the desk. So you know, I'm, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get the best out of them. Mm. Yeah, so be observant. I think they get on really well. I think they're great. Again, there was a. What I you know, had a huge respect for for Dave. What he did, you know, developing that that academy from within a 35 mile radius, really getting his players. It was an amazing achievement in in modern football. Uh, so do you want to ask the question again, Gareth Yeah, yeah. Well, well you, it got up to the point there where you, you just said, obviously, been a, a major achievement in in football to to get that kind of cluster of players together from from thirty five miles. Yeah. Um, Gary yeah. at Leeds certainly gave gave youth a chance. Will will that be the case at, at Middlesbrough? Yeah, if they're good enough, they're old enough. I would have thought. Um, you know, to, that's right. I, I do think that they they would have got on well because. They, they were both people, people, if you see what I mean. You know, they, they placed importance on personal relationships and uh, certain standards. Um, I think with uh, Gary, um, he would have, he would have, um, you know, they, they, shared, they, they would have shared certain philosophies about the game, I suspect. Um, you know, Dave probably... Um, you know, went into retirement thinking this is probably the best time to go because, you know, he's an eyes and ears brain sort of guy. You know, he feels the game in his bones. Whereas youth development now is becoming very analytical and very cold and very bureaucratic. Um, I think Gary would have responded to the eyes and ears and, and the brain and the, and the, the basic warmth of the guy. Um, uh, because, uh, but, but again, you know, we spoke earlier on about him, the, the thing about him is understa- him understanding the nature of the football club he's working for. And I think he gets it. I think he gets the idea that, you know, as I said right earlier on, like Swansea, like Leeds, it's a club which is very close to its community. Mm. And it's probably, um, you know, he'll be able to feed off that and maybe feed it as well. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Cause it's not, you know, it's not massively flamboyant or anything else, but um, I think he, I think he would come across, you know, as as a decent, hardworking man, and I think uh, he might be able to rebuild. I don't know. I was going to say trust. Maybe that's too strong a word, but he will certainly be able to, you know, rebuild. 